Welcome to the Nurse Leader Network Podcast with your host, Chris Racinos. Wherever you're going on your nurse leader journey, we're here to help you get there. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Nurse Leader Network. I'm your host, Chris Racinos, and today we are in for a treat. We have Kim Alley, who is a burnout coach. Uh, welcome, Kim. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. I'm I'm really excited to have you because we are, um, you know, it's the beginning of August and we all thought that our pandemic was going to die down a little over the summer, or we hoped anyways. And, you know, I think it's perfect timing to talk because we are um, in it, not for a sprint, but for, you know, a long-term marathon in terms of our pandemic. And I think burnout is rampant right now in nursing. It is. It is definitely So tell me a little bit about what does a burnout coach do? So a burnout coach is, um, well, first of all, my niche is nurses. Um, So I work with nurses who are experiencing burnout. And burnout is just simply the emotional, mental, and physical exhaustion of stress from work. Uh, So with my program, um, it focuses on self-care, but mainly the mindset. So we go over a lot of behavior change techniques. So, for example, changing your thought process. Um, So, for example, one tip that I like to give my clients is on your way to work, especially now with the COVID pandemic, um, instead of saying, oh, my God, you know, I hate my job. I don't want to go to work. um, Just start saying positive things to yourself. You know, think positive. Um, A lot of times I tell my clients to say, I know today will be challenging, But, you know, what problem can I face or how can I make an impact in a patient's life? Once you start thinking positively, you start to feel differently. And once you feel differently, your behavior change and people can see it, too. Like, it sounds easier than I think it maybe is, because I... I know like there's days where I go to work and, you know, like, how do you flip that mindset? Like I'm on my way to work. I know that there's, you know, a lot going on and, uh, you know, things aren't going the way that I want them to go. Like, how do you, how do you even like trigger yourself to flip it? Yeah. Yeah. So um, compartmentalization is something else that I love to teach my clients. So you have to learn how to Uh, wear different hats. So it's almost like you have an alter ego, you know? So when you're going to work, okay, you know, I'm Chris, I'm the, you know, CNO, and that is my job for the day. So I have to tack, leave whatever happened at home and focus on work for the next eight hours. Then once you're ready to leave, um, a lot of times I like to advise people, don't go straight home all the way. After you get off of work, maybe take a walk around the facility, maybe have dinner or drinks with a friend just to decompress. So that way you're preparing yourself to let go of what happened at work. So that way, when you come home, you know, you can be a better wife or be a better mother to your children. So it's all about separating um, roles in your life. Hmm, Interesting. How did you get started in this? Tell me, you know, like what's your background and, you know, what led you to this type of work? Sure, absolutely. Um, So I am a former expat. So an expat is someone who used to live abroad, but has now integrated back into the American society. (laughs) So I lived in a country called Qatar for the past five years. And I went over there to open up a women and children's hospital. And I worked my butt off. I mean, I stayed late, worked nights, weekends, um, went above and beyond. 
to get a promotion. And I was denied a promotion twice. Second time, it went to someone with less experience. They were non-clinical and they even received uh, poor reviews on their work. So that was, you know, a letdown, but nothing too major. So I just decided, okay, well, I'll go to an organization where I'll feel appreciated. So I left and went to an organization and I had really high hopes and aspirations um, for this company because they're a Fortune 500 company and a lot of people have able to been able to grow their careers with this company. So I came on board and, you know, in hindsight, maybe I was a little too eager, but, you know, I was so excited to make a change and do well and prove myself. And it wasn't received well at all. And to be honest, a lot of it had to do um, with racism. I was the only minority on my team. Um, I was the youngest person. Um, I had the most education. And I think it was perceived as a threat. And so I was actually let go from that job. So um, if you're not familiar, when you live abroad and you're an expat, you need to have a sponsor. So once your sponsor terminates your employment, that's it. You have to leave the country. So for the the life that I knew for the past five years was gone. Um, I had to leave my friends, um, someone that I was seeing at the time, um, any debt that you have at the time, you have to pay off all your debt. So I exhausted a lot of my savings (laughs) just trying to leave the country. So here I am now I'm back in the States and I'm staying with my brother because I was just let go. I didn't have a job, very minimal savings. And then two weeks after I arrived home, my niece passed away. She was only 18 years old. And um, I was staying with her parents at the time. So here I am within a span of five weeks, lost my job, had to move to another country, minimal savings, and now having to support my family when my cup was empty. So talk about burnout. I mean, I think... I wasn't diagnosed, but I even felt like I was clinically depressed. And so I really had to stop and say, okay, Kim, this is your situation. It's not permanent. It's temporary. And what can you do to fix it? And so that's the problem. I think a lot of people, once they get stuck in a rut, they stay in that rut and they can't get out of it. So I started researching and I discovered um, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. And so I started implementing those techniques into my life. And then within a matter of weeks, I started to see a difference. Um, I found a job that I really love. Um, I started not kind of uh, having a new hope or outlook on life. You know, I didn't feel like it was the end of the world anymore. Um, so I started uh, implementing these practices with my friends who are nurses because they were having a difficult time and they started to see instant results. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I think I have something like I need to share this with other people. So that's when I started doing one on one coaching and then my clients started getting results. And so now recently I've been approached um, by a couple of facilities to come on board and do corporate programs. And so that's how I got into burnout coaching because I want to be what I needed for other nurses at the time. You know, I want to show people that, Hey, you know, life has ebbs and flows, you know, but nothing is permanent. And if you want to change your situation, you can, you don't have to stay at that job. That's, you know, making you work crazy hours or, you know, where you don't feel appreciated. Or if you are stuck in that job for whatever reason, there are ways to manage it. 
Wow. Your story is, you know, first of all, I just want to say I'm so sorry for the loss of your niece. Thank um, you. I know my, my listeners know that I've lost a daughter and it's just, you know, it's like an insurmountable um, mm-hmm. thing to have to go through. But to compact that with like a brand new, you know, country and, yeah. um, you know, a job loss, like I can't even imagine what you're going through. So I'm I'm sorry to hear that you went through that, but I am excited to hear that something so beautiful was born out of um, your, your, your hard time. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, a lot of things is your mindset, you know, even though I believe we all go through trials and tribulations to build strength and character, because you're right. If it hadn't been for my negative experiences, I would not have stumbled upon this business. And I feel like that is my sole purpose and passion in life is to help others now. Um, so you kind of shared a little bit about like a mindset and how that could help um, you know, really transform your outlook on things. What like causes burnout? Like what are the factors that even cause burnout? Like was, is there like a something that you can finger point to or is there like a variety of different things? Yeah, absolutely. So I did a poll um, with new grad nurses and um, the number one cause of burnout is just um, number one, a heavy patient assignment. And believe it or not, new grads are more at risk for burnout than senior nurses because nursing school doesn't train us to um, deal with a heavy patient assignment. So that's one factor, um, not having a voice. I know a lot of times nurses try to voice their concerns with management, but their voice is not heard. Um, erratic hours. Um, some may work day shift one week, then flip to night shift one week. Um, also, compassion fatigue um, is another element that adds to burnout. And especially now with COVID, um, when COVID first hit, we didn't know anything about this virus. So nurses had to care for patients and, you know, give education on a virus that we really didn't and still don't have enough information about. Um, lack of training and education. A lot of times new nurses feel as if their orientation was not sufficient. And so they're just thrown to the woods, you know, so they're insecure. They don't feel competent enough to uh, provide care for patients. Interesting. And why would, I mean, aside from the obvious, why would an organization or an individual really um, benefit from addressing burnout? Absolutely. From a corporate standpoint, um, it is a fact. Statistics show that new grad nurses leave the bedside. Actually, 43% of new grad nurses leave the bedside within three years of graduation. So every time a new uh, nurse resigns, that can cost a facility up to $50,000 because you're talking about the time that's been invested into training this new nurse. So now she's gone. Now we have to spend money for recruiting new nurses, right? And then also when you're burned out, people can see when you're tired, you know, it comes across in your patient care. And so we want nurses to deliver safe quality patient care because it also benefits the organization with their HCAP scores because, of course, we know that affects reimbursement. So it's in the corporation's best interest to invest in their nurses and provide some form of burnout or stress management coaching. Yeah, you know, there's um there's some work that's going on in the facilities that I 
um, or in the organization that I work in. And so they're doing um, things like, uh, for example, having a respite room. Um, so just having a place where, you know, a nurse or a physician or whoever, uh, whichever member of the care team um, can kind of go in and, you know, it's um, they'll put in like holistic types of things. So like aromatherapy, um, they have, you know, like low lighting, um, soothing music, and it's a place where you can kind of meditate. They have tea. I've heard um, about those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that's, uh, that's one thing that I know our organization has done in terms of burnout. You know, we're in the middle right now of, um, of really kind of what I think is a staffing crisis in the United States for nursing being that we're having so many different states having surges. Um, and, you know, we weren't expecting to have these numbers of patients in the hospitals. Um, we don't have enough nurses, um, you know, it, it feels like anywhere in Southern California to take care of the surge that we're seeing here. Um, and so, you know, we, we know as leaders that this is contributing to the burnout. What are some steps that you think leaders could take um, to really, at number one, acknowledge that that burnout is occurring, and then number two, like address it. Right. Um, so it's funny you ask that because I'm a member of quite a few uh, Facebook groups for nurses, and um, people ask other nurses ask all the time, "Hey, what is your facility doing um, to address?" Um, the fatigue and burnout that you're experiencing and nurses are exhausted right now. And you would be surprised that most nurses within those Facebook groups say nothing. So I think confronting the problem is number one. I know it's a difficult conversation to have, especially now with COVID, but facilities have to take care of their nurses. So I think number one, just having that conversation with your staff, you know, Hey, how is everyone doing? Um, you know, what are your thoughts about what's going on? Do you have any suggestions? How are things personally? You know, nurses also have families and their relatives could be impacted by COVID as well. So having that conversation is number one. Um, taking suggestions and recommendations from staff is critical because they're the ones on the front line. So they see everything and they know what they need for their, um, in order for them to continue providing safe patient care and um, implementing a program, you know, um, whether it be every morning, you know, and it, it's contingent upon what the staff wants, but maybe every morning prior to change of shift, um, there could be like um, a Tai Chi session or like um a prayer session or whatever the unit wants, something to help them cope. And then make sure your nurses get your breaks too, you know? For some reason, nurses have a habit of working the whole 12 hours without going to the bathroom or eating. You know, be kind to each other. Make sure you have a break. Um, go outside. Walk around if you're having a bad day. Um, something that I implemented at one of my other cities, uh, or sorry, organizations was a listening ear program. So what it is, is if you're having a bad day and you need to take a break, someone that you know and trust on the unit, you can go up to them, give them a card. It's a picture of an ear. <laughs> you give them a card and that lets the person know, hey, I need a timeout. Let's go somewhere so I can vent. And that's free. You know, it doesn't cost um, an organization anything to do that. Oh, I love that idea. I've also heard of um, 
organizations doing things like calling a like a code like a friendship code or something like that where you know they actually call a code not a code blue obviously um but it's like a you know a code for when um some a member of the team needs additional support so if you're feeling whatever you have that liberty to call a code people can come together you can have that conversation lean on your coworkers, um you know and help each other kind of get through it yeah yeah i've seen some really interesting things you know, what if we have a listener that's there right now who, you know, um, is beginning to experience burnout, but isn't sure, like, what are some physical or mental symptoms that you yourself are experiencing burnout? Mm -hmm. Sure, absolutely. Um, Well, the first one is just the dread or fear of going to work, you know, Um, it normally starts, I'm pretty sure everyone can relate to this, but either the day before or the night before you start thinking about it, you know, oh my gosh, tomorrow I have to go to work and you can barely enjoy your days off because you're thinking about work. Um, Irritation, like if you find that you're irritated by little things, um, something your husband said or something your friend said, that's a sign. Um, not being able to, and it, it cascades, right? So it starts with what you're thinking and feeling about your job. Then it starts to cascade into sleep. Are you able to sleep the night before? Um, when you go to work, are you having anxiety on that drive to the hospital? Um, last but not least, when it starts to affect you physically, it's time to do something. Um, when you start to get headaches, um, some of my friends are even on blood pressure medications because they've developed hypertension since they've become a nurse. Um, Weight gain, if you find that you're um, eating, emotionally eating because of the stress from work, that's a sign that it's time to do something. And so like, let's say they're experiencing this and, you know, they, they know they need to change something in their life. Um, If they don't, you know, if they don't have the option to like quit or, you know, maybe, you know, that's not in the picture in terms of action they can take and they're interested in doing um, burnout coaching. What does burnout coaching entail? Like what, what can they expect to to see when they go to a burnout coach or, or receive or get? Sure. Absolutely. So um, each plan is customized. It's not a cookie cutter approach because we're all unique in our situations. Um, so what I do is I do an intake or an assessment and just to see what, oh, number one, what is your situation at work? What are you dealing with? And um, number two, what is your sleep pattern like? What is your diet like? Um Do you exercise? Do you pray? Do you meditate? Because I like to take a holistic approach as as opposed to just um, trying to help you manage what's going on at work. Then we develop goals. Okay, well, what would you like to achieve? Are you at a position where you can't leave and you have to stay? If you have to stay, let's try to put a plan, an action plan together so that way you can manage the stress at work. Or if you've had enough, you're ready to throw in the towel. Okay, well, let's see how we can transition you into other um, arenas. And I've done, gosh, I've done travel nursing. I've done school nursing, um, informatics. So I still have contacts with some of my old colleagues. So I try to work with some of uh, my contacts and help nurses transition from the bedside into other areas of nursing. Do you think it's possible for nurses, you know, we, you talked earlier about like, we're kind of hemorrhaging nurses, like frontline new grad nurses from the bedside. And we know that bedside care is going to, you know, be needed. We know that, you know, 
as we shift more of the care into the ambulatory care, care setting or even the telehealth um, care setting, um, that the patients that land in the hospital are going to be more acute. They're going to be higher acuity. They're going to be sicker. They're going to stays are going to be there for longer. You know, do you think, or is there, what can we do to help nurses really enjoy being at the bedside so that we're not losing all of our bedside nurses? Right. Absolutely. Um, just, I would say invest in nurses, find out what their interests are. And that starts all the way from um, orientation. I know there's one um, CNO that I spoke with. Um, she works in Minnesota. And she said that last year she implemented um, like an onboarding buddy. So before the new nurse even hits the door, someone is in touch with them Um and basically walks them through the whole journey of orientation. And they also liaise with the nursing educator to identify if there's any gaps um, that the nurse needs to um, improve on. And so the CNO told me that she managed to reduce her uh, resignation rate from 23% to 11% just over one year. And that was just, yeah. And that was just simply from, you know, just showing an interest in the nurses, you know, how are you doing? What do you need help with? Is there anything I can help you with? What are your concerns? Um, But new grads voice all the time that they just feel, they feel isolated, you know, and they only learn when they make a mistake. Yeah. I've also, um, I've also seen um, different types of recognition that help with burnout. So for example, um, I've seen um, in one facility, they um, give out these kindness coins anytime a nurse has done something that, you know, is kind to either another employee or to a patient. And the kindness coins, um, I guess they get them online and they, um, they have like whatever, like little kind of kindness sayings on the coins. And then the nurses can exchange the coins at their kindness center, which has, or their kindness store, which has, you know, like different things that nurses might like to purchase. So you get the kindness, you know, um, coins by being recognized for something that you've, you know, kind of gone uh, beyond um, your typical scope of in in terms of being kind and then get a a cool little like knickknack after it. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Yeah. So I think recognition goes a long way too. I think it's especially important in the middle of a pandemic when we are like everybody's running and it doesn't feel like we, you know, we're chasing our tails and like we're not getting as far as we want to go that those are the moments like sometimes you just need to stop and take a deep breath and just really express some gratitude and recognition for your staff. Exactly. You're absolutely right. I think from what I hear, support and recognition um, is really, really what nurses are craving for. And unfortunately, they're not receiving that right now. Yeah, I saw um, an article. um, Actually, I think the article was on LinkedIn and it was talking about um, the shortage of nursing of nurses that is, you know, coming like we had predicted a certain amount of nurses to be, you know, leaving um, the nursing field and the pandemic has just kind of like fast tracked that. So much so that yeah. in the next, like, you know, couple of years, we're really going to have a significant shortage of nursing, both because people are leaving when they graduate and because they're having difficulty even getting to the graduation since they're not able to practice in facilities and get their clinical hours. And, you know, there's there's just a whole lot going on right now in the healthcare field. It's kind of scary. Right. Plus, on top of that, within the next five years, there's going to be a mass exodus of senior nurses because of retirement. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're going to have, you know, um, it'll be a nursing shortage overall, but it'll definitely be um, a nursing shortage in terms of uh, a lot of the experience that we had at the bedside. Yeah, which is actually, when you put it like that, it's kind of scary. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's scary knowing that I'm going to be like needing nursing care at some point in the future. I, I don't know where all these nurses are. <laughs> well, it's a good thing we're nurses. We might have to take care of ourselves. <laughs> I know, right? If I'm not, if I, if I'm all with it and I still remember. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, well, this has been really enlightening. I mean, I, I um, had not heard of a burnout coach before. And so I think, you know, it was just, it was perfect timing to bring you on the show because I don't know um, how widely known, you know, burnout couches are. And I think it's just a super important tool to have in your toolbox when you're at the bedside in the middle of working at this. I think it's important, even if you're not at the bedside, right? Our nursing educators are experiencing burnout. Um, you know, our nursing entrepreneurs are, you know, experiencing burnout just everywhere. Everyone. Um, yeah. No one from it. Yeah. Listen, if uh, listeners want to find out more about you and what you do, where can they find you? <laughs> um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, it's Kim, K-Y-M as in Mary. It's my first name. And then my last name is Ali, A-L-I. And then I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. And you can find me um, at Cup of Tea, LLC. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kim. This has been great. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. 